0: Many people have been asking me, how did I get my podcast up and running that quickly? Well, the secret is Anchor. It's the easiest way to make a podcast. And it's free. There's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. It can also help you to distribute a podcast for you, so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. And you can make money from a podcast too, with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. If you're interested, find out more. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Hey everyone, welcome to the Adrian Tan Show. This is my podcast where I have deep conversations with the people who are enabling organizations to become ready for the future of work. My guests include a mindfulness coach, the folks behind Singapore's most popular investment app, and many more. They all have one thing in common, and that is to help level up your organizations through your people. My guest today is the co-founder of Telenox, a cloud-based HR software that focuses on simplifying payroll and leave management, so companies can easily meet their payroll compliance requirements. They do this by delivering great user experience through design and superb customer support. Headquartered in Singapore, Telenox has been nominated Best Payroll Software by HRM Asia and is partners with Asia's leading banks such as DBS and OCBC. Telenox has also localised for Malaysia and Hong Kong. Prior to Telenox, he has been in the business of collectibles trading, education and technology for the past 10 plus years. He is always passionate about great product design, education and building up the culture of entrepreneurship in Singapore. Please welcome Gordon Ng. Thank you so much for coming on to the show. How would you describe Telenox and what problem are you trying to solve?
1: Uh, So Telenox, uh, I would describe it as a Heisha payroll tech company. So for us, uh, we are solving the issue of uh, payroll and leave management, mainly in the HR compliance space. And uh, the reason why we want to focus on uh, this rather than trying to build like a full scale solutions like most of our peers in the industry is because there there, there isn't uh, such a solution uh, that can cover the whole of the region in Southeast Asia and some parts of East Asia. And uh, currently we have really localized the period logic and also for labor laws in terms of leave management for Singapore, uh, Hong Kong and Malaysia. And we we hope that uh, in the future we can cover uh, a lot of more countries in the region. Yeah.
0: And what motivated you to get into this? I think it
1: comes from previous experience in HR outsourcing. So, Previously, I was uh, working for a HR outsourcing company that has been acquired by uh, TMF. And uh, at that time, we were using other platforms that are more desktop-based like uh, ProSoft, TimeSoft, and so on. And we realized that most of the platforms, um, they are not self-serve. That means you, you actually require certain uh, HR knowledge or usually it's used by like uh, HR outsourcing partners. And it's also not very affordable. So we were thinking that, oh, is there a way that we can make it cloud-based that any of the SMEs um, can kind of like self-serve even without prior HR or payroll knowledge. And uh, that was when in the previous company, we actually uh, started something similar. But after I left the company, somehow the business didn't kick off and the problem was left unsolved. And that's why uh, when I met Edwin, uh, both of us decided that, okay, there's still this problem that still exists and SMEs, 90% of them are still not being served. So why don't we create something that is really easy to use that solve the pain point of uh, payroll and leave management for SMEs.
0: And for SME, just for the benefit of the listener, this would be defined as a small medium enterprises. And in Singapore government's eyes, you're looking at companies less than 200. Am I correct? Yep, exactly. Yep. Okay. And tell me about the competition that you have out there. Who would you be competing directly against? Uh, I think I think
1: we have, a, we have a lot of competitors. In terms of, if you're talking just regarding like payroll and HR in general, if you look at the list in IRAs and CPF, we have easily like 100 over peers in this industry. But if you're talking about like serious competitors, a handful of them, but there'll be guys like HR Easily, possibly like SwingV, and also g But I think re- recently they, they got acquired by another of their company called Sleep and payboy and so on so in different countries we do have different competitors also like in malaysia there are more localized platforms like and of course the existing players like timesoft prosoft sql autocom and so on yeah
0: so that sounds like a long list of companies you mentioned earlier on there's 100 over so what do you see as your unfair advantage over them
1: I won't call it unfair advantage, but more of uh, the fact that we're being laser-focused in what we are doing in terms of uh, payroll and leave management. uh, So because of the fact that we focus all our resources on just HR compliance, we are able to uh, build a lot more depth into our uh, product. Uh, So in terms of like our product, although we don't have a full suite, we do serve clients of up to um, thousand overhead headcount, Although most of our clients are usually in the... range of around 20 to 50. Recently, we, we even process of up to like 5,000 overhead cows. So up to today, we are able to hit that kind of skill. Yeah. So I think, I think in any business being laser focused, is very important so that you can keep enhancing your capabilities in your product and able to expand a lot faster than a lot of our peers out there. Yeah.
0: So in terms of the users of your uh, product right now, how, how many are there in terms of companies?
1: Uh, in terms of active active companies, there are three thousand over
0: SMEs. Okay, and the number of employees that are using your platform?
1: Uh, number of employees. I uh, don't really have a number offhand. Yeah, but in terms of number SMEs, there are around three thousand over. Yeah.
0: Okay, and how, how do you charge? How do you make money?
1: So for us, it's a freemium model. We started off with premium. It's by per head cow So in every country, we actually have different pricing. So taking Singapore as an example. Is sorry. It's forty sing dollars for the first five head cow, and from the six head cow onwards, it's eight dollars for full timers, and four dollars for part timers, all the way until four hundred dollars. So interestingly, unlike unlike our peers in our industry, we have a price capping. So let's say if you if you are like a few hundred over head cow company or even thousand over head cow, you are just paying four hundred dollars maximum for Singapore. In, of course, in Malaysia, the price will be very different uh, due to the fact of the currency difference. Uh, so, in Malaysia, it's forty ringgit for the first five headcount. For uh, full timers, will be eight ringgit from the six headcount onwards, and four ringgit for the part timers from the six headcount onwards. Then after that, max cap of thousand two hundred ringgit. Yeah. So, very because of the fact that uh, Southeast Asia and uh, East Asia is quite heterogeneous. Yeah. So we we have to have like localized pricing.
0: The price capping part is quite interesting. I don't really hear a lot of companies doing that. What actually motivated you to incorporate price capping into your product?
1: Yeah. So for us, we know that there is a sweet spot. I'll say there is a price, average price that our companies will usually pay uh, for our cloud product. And only until we can go to the enterprise level where we can start to have like customization or uh, when we can provide like a more full suite car platform, then it makes sense for us to open up the capping. But because of the fact that we will want to gain uh, traction uh, in the medium-sized uh, company space, and we found that this pricing is uh, a price that uh, makes perfect sense for uh, most of these companies in a medium-sized space, that's the reason why we kept it. And along the way, there is a possibility, uh, we are not sure that in the future, we may create an enterprise product, but that's going to be a very different business model. Yeah.
0: Now that we are in the COVID-19 pandemic right now, has this affected your business in any way?
1: I think for COVID-19, it definitely affected most of the business. Uh, I think we are the lucky few that we are not in that of a bad shape, but we do see companies that we are serving shrinking quite badly, especially during the lockdown period. But luckily after the lockdown period in most countries, Uh, companies are slowly picking up speed and growing. But for those companies that are really affected badly, quite a number of them actually have gone under. And some of them are actually uh, really like famous long term FMB brands that has been around for uh, many years. And they have been like our supporters for like the past five to six years. I'm quite sad that that happened. But I think what what is interesting about COVID-19 is that it kind of brought forward, asked her for tech adoption. And you start to see more and more companies understanding like, uh, what is video conferencing? In the past, when you get them to do a demo on Zoom or on Google Meet, they were like, no, I'm going to meet you face to face. But now it's like, oh, okay, no problem. And um, we start to see more tech adoption because uh, companies know that, oh, I need to work from home, 50% of my workforce or more, I need to be remote and so on. How can I adopt like cloud SaaS platforms, kind of like still ensure that my business run and scale properly? And this, forced, this whole pandemic actually forced that education on them. And I think it really moved the adoption uh, curve forward by around three to five years. Yeah.
0: You mentioned that you guys are in Malaysia as well as Hong Kong. I'm just curious to find out how is the selling process different between these three countries?
1: So for Telenox, the selling process is kind of homogeneous for all the markets that we are in. So what we do is that we spend a lot more resources on in-bound marketing through SEO and um, SEM, like Google AdWords, uh, and also social media like Facebook and LinkedIn. But we do also have like a strong partner network that a partnership network that we build in each of the countries. So one of our partnership model is uh, we call the payroll experts. Uh, so through the payroll experts, they actually process payroll for their clients or manage like their HR, like their leave policy and so on for them. And because of the fact that they are doing with HR outsourcing or payroll outsourcing, they actually use Telenox. and this kind of be, become like a distribution model. And the reason why we work with local partners is because they, they already understand the culture, they have the local network, they can grow it a lot faster than us. Yeah. And the others would be like affiliates or affiliates will be more like co-marketing, like HR tech or fintech companies that are complementary to Telenox. We try to find like local partners over there. Uh, same thing for integrated apps. Uh, we are getting like more and more uh, interests of uh, localized apps to integrate with us, especially like in the workforce management uh, space, like time tracking and scheduling. So the nice thing about us, being focused in Peru and Leaf, uh, is that we don't become competitors of our complementary products. Yeah, so our API allow them to uh, plug into us uh, really well and uh, help us to expand the network in different countries. But in certain countries, we are also seeing like for Malaysia, for example that we may, we may need to um, have a more hands-on sales process, but we are still in the midst of like, how we can kind of go about doing it. Uh, but in the meantime, uh, these are our main channels. And also, of course, working with banks and with local banks uh, to kind of distribute the product. Yeah.
0: A prospect in a country like Malaysia much more receptive than compared to Singapore and Hong Kong? I'm not sure about Hong Kong, but at least in Singapore, I have spoken with many business owners. Even if they have people's strength of about 50, 80, they may still be running their payroll on Excel sheet as much as I feel that shouldn't be happening. What's your take on the Malaysian market?
1: I think it's pretty similar. So the reason why Tenox launched the Freeman version, Tenox Free, is really to educate the market that, oh, you don't have to do uh, your calculation excel because there's just too much human error that can happen and you're doing with payroll you're not doing with uh, something that you can actually afford to make mistakes. Yeah. So it's better for you to adopt a completely free platform uh, like Telenox, where there's already a free plan with unlimited number of headcount. Uh, you can automate your calculations, your statutory calculations for formulation, for, for example. Uh, you can automate your calculation for EPS, SOXO, EIS. And even like your withholding tax. So for them, they have an additional component, which is withholding tax, like their PCB MTD that we can calculate for them uh, on the fly. Yeah. So I, I think I think that's the that's a beauty of the free platform to kind of like, reduce that friction. Yeah. So our advice like SMEs if they if they want to save money and they want to get it right, they should at least adopt the free version. Whether they want to upgrade to get more automation through leave, through integrations. Uh, to other software or even to the banks and the statutory boards, it's up to them, but at least they automate a big part of the processes for payroll, payslips, and also to onboard their employees. Yeah. yeah.
0: On integration, what are the key products that you are integrated with? We start off with,
1: so for payroll, usually you kickstart off with accounting. So right from the first few years, that was around four to five years ago, we have already integrated with Zero, um, one of the leading accounting platforms in the world and also QuickBooks Online. And uh, up to recent years, when we start to open up our API, we also work more closely with workforce management platforms. Like guys like Deputy from Australia, one of the leading time tracking and educating platforms, Staffany from Singapore, King of Time, which is the platforms in Japan. And uh, we're also getting on board like new players like Robler and stuff like that. And uh, interestingly, uh, I think Adrian, uh, uh, the company that you're looking for, People Strong, a uh, full-fledged human capital management system. When they, when they actually expanded into the region, they were looking for a platform that can help them with the compliance portion. And that's when we created the, the flexibility for them to integrate with us. Yeah, so these are, these are usually the kind of companies that we are working with. And hopefully in the future, we can also uh, integrate to like ATS or recruitment platforms, or even like talent management and performance management systems. Yeah.
0: Uh, I I do understand in Singapore, adoption is really driven primarily through government grants. And this is something that I would like to touch on next. Government grants is being dished out left-right centre to motivate SME to digitise. And of course, there are arguments from both sides of the camps about the pros and the cons of it. Uh, Personally, I'm also quite 50-50 about this. In fact, recently I came across a news uh, piece and uh, it, it talked about a company... Taking on government grants and that led them to create some kind of LND training program for their people. But what got me thinking is, if the grant doesn't isn't there to begin with, that, does that mean that you will not train your people at all? What's your take on this whole <laughs> government grant thing?
1: Yeah, so so that's the that's the interesting part about government grants in general. It really depends on uh, what kind of grants per se. But it's always a double-edged sword. So. I think the, the good thing about government grants as in why it was started is because the government genuinely wanted everybody to uh, get on board with this whole digitization journey. And if you ask me whether if they have hit this objective, I would say yes, they did. Uh, because nowadays, more and more of the SMEs and the companies are actually getting on board with this and they are actually investing more in research and development. But if you're asking me whether uh, it created the right behavior for companies that rely on the grants too much, it may not. Yeah, So like, just someone say, oh, what if there's no grants? You mean you won't invest in R&D? You won't invest in uh, R&D for the company? You won't, digitize your, you won't digitize your processes? Yeah, so for me, I'm on a camp of, uh, it really depends on what is the grant used for. If the grant is used for paying for software, like accounting software, like HR, also HR payroll platform or CRM and so on. I personally believe that you don't really need a grant for that. Even so, you shouldn't subsidize too much. It should be something that spurs you on. And uh, then after that, you should have more skin in the game that you actually pay for it to uh, know that uh, you will utilize it well. Because the problem is that if you don't have enough skin in the game or the skin in the product, uh, you won't be utilizing the product uh, as much. So for Tananox, right from day one, when we started off, we didn't build our platform around the grant. We know that a lot of peers uh, have done so. So a lot of peers who actually started off focusing on payroll and leave and up building everything else like claims, time tracking, and scheduling, although uh, it's not like a, a full build. It's just like uh, a very basic kind of uh, feature, but they wanted it.
0: Because they can f- get grant for that as well.
1: Correct. Exactly. Yeah, so for Tyanox, is a bit different. We don't really care. <laughs> so we are only interested in SMEs who seriously want to invest in getting their processes fixed ASAP. And getting grants is not so straightforward. It's not like immediately you will get the grant amount. You will still need to go through some documentation. Although recently, Start Digital, uh, program by MDA and ESG, has made it a lot easier. Uh, but generally, uh, the whole process of getting in the grants is quite... Will take some time due to do the documentation needed. Yeah. So for Tenox, for right from day one until now, the, the few thousand over SMEs have gone on board. Most of them didn't get any grants. Yeah, so it just shows that companies are interested in automating the processes and they'll pay for it. And the grants help those companies who may not be as interested, but they don't mind getting the grant since it's free. And they don't mind using a product, but how active are they using a product? I'm not sure. Yeah.
0: So the driving force behind it would be very different. Instead exactly. of looking yeah. at grant as, uh, as your first qualifier, it would really be trying to solve a problem. And hey, since there's a government grant, why don't we just try to tap on that? Now, you mentioned about the SMEs that you have worked with and there's so many of them right now. Are there any specific sectors that you believe Telenox is better suited for because of how it's being designed? Definitely,
1: Telenox is not suited for all industries. I have seldom seen a, a platform that can actually solve problems of all industries because certain industries are very specific. So up to today, most... The industries that we cover are mainly F&B retail, tech companies especially. Yeah, so Stripe actually did a survey a few years back, and it seems that most of the tech startups in Singapore are actually using Telenox for their HR and payroll processing. Then after that, we also have like marketing advertising agencies, professional services, more like accounting law firms and HR sourcing companies. And recently, we are gaining a lot more traction in terms of like medical clinics, so, like we having we are having like more dental clinics, uh, medical clinics, beauty clinics, or even like orthopedic clinics signing up. Yeah, I believe it's because of word of mouth by some of our early users a few years back, and that's how we grow in the industry. Also, yeah.
0: Okay, so word of mouth would be the key way for you to drive your the marketing of your solution.
1: I would say it's one of the one of our important channel because for us we have. We are really investing a lot in uh, making our product really easy. At the same time, we do our best in our support. Um, support is super important for a platform like Tenlox, uh, because as you know, payroll is time sensitive. We we have to ensure that we we reply really, really fast with the best answer. Yeah. So I think I believe that because of support and the product, we managed to get like five-star reviews and managed to get the word of mouth.
0: In my previous role running a recruitment business, we were doing our own payroll as well. And I have gone through quite a number of solutions and also spoken with many companies that are still doing their own payroll. And many of them, interestingly, are still using products that started 20, maybe 30 years <laughs> back, that looks at, at best like Windows NT. And as much as I try to encourage, you know, to, to really help them to move forward, to to consider other solutions, they wasn't really very keen. They are quite happy to deal with that ugly software. And of course, it works. But yep. in your opinion, why is it so hard for HR or even payroll administrator to consider something that may work easier and better for them? Why are they clinging on to the past?
1: So so to be honest, it's not just applicable to HR. This applies to accounting. This applies to ERP platforms, CRM, and so on. the The reason why users are so used to Using like platforms that work, but may not have the best user experience, and maybe still uh, desktop based, is because they are worried of breaking things. And to them, it's like, oh, since it's working, why do I have to break things? They they are not in a position where they are thinking about the future of the company, where or how can I scale it sustainably? How can I ensure that um, everything is on cloud? I can do it on the go. Uh, it's secure and so on. And at the same time, there are also misconceptions that for some of the users who are less tech-savvy, uh, they feel that uh, desktop is actually safer, safer than putting a cloud. But they didn't thought that their desktop is a lot more hackable uh, than, than all the secure cloud that Amazon, Google, Alibaba has already invested like billions of dollars into. Yeah, so I, I think eventually this whole education process will really help. We do see like some of our users who have been using legacy platforms, they start to switch over. And when we do see an increasing trend, especially when the younger generation who are more tech-savvy take over the role.
0: You've been doing this for quite a number of years. Uh, What do you believe would be the key turning point or crucible in your journey to hit you that you're on the right track?
1: I think for now, we... I would say that we are on the right track uh, in a certain sense. But I think what will be the inflection point that eventually hit mass adoption in this region is where people st- stop using Excel for trying to solve everything. Yeah, They start to realize that for every function, there's a software that is built for that. And we hope that with our free plan, we can actually, we can actually make that change. Uh, it's already happening in Singapore, to be very honest. I think we are... Uh, Going to hit mass adoption pretty soon, and hopefully it will happen in Malaysia, Hong Kong next, and we hope to bring that change to Indonesia, Philippines, and the region. Interestingly, I think the adoption of mobile apps and also mobile phones did really help quite a bit in terms of consumer space. So I think now it's more of us pushing that change and education um, to the enterprise and also to the SMEs uh, software space. I think SaaS companies like Zero. Uh, like us and a few others, are trying to uh, push that change and doing our best through education. Yeah.
0: And what's next for you on the roadmap over the rest of this year and
1: 2021? I think COVID-19 kind of affected most of our business sense. A lot of companies that I know uh, wanted to expand to other countries, but were kind of like hindered by COVID-19. So our, our focus now is to grow uh, a lot more in the countries that we are in. For the countries that we have not really hit the kind of mass adoption, we will very much want to create uh, the kind of digital channel and also the kind of education that will help SMEs to make better decisions. So I would say that in the upcoming one to two years, that's what we are focusing on. Of course, if COVID open up, uh, if COVID-19 is soft through vaccination, then we will most likely also work on our expansion to Indonesia and Philippines. And this year we are actually focusing a lot on revamping um, our employees app. To make it uh, fully responsive uh, on the mobile, and also to make it a lot easier for uh, employees to access before we further develop uh, our mobile app, and uh, we are going through uh, a change. I'll say like improve in our branding. Yeah, so at, towards the end of year, you most likely see a uh, uh, totally new landing pages. Yeah, uh, so that there are a few of things that we are doing in terms of uh, market penetration and also uh, improvements to the product.
0: Very interesting. and Looking forward to it. Are you currently hiring?
1: Yes, we are hiring. We are always looking out for, for really great talents who are team players, who are selfless and always want to keep uh, solving tough problems together. Yeah, so if you, if you are interested, if anyone is listening to this and they're interested in the space, uh, which is a very unsexy space, feel free to reach out to our team. We'll be more than happy to talk to you. Yeah.
0: What kind of specific roles are you hiring for right now? Recently, we've been
1: hiring a lot more uh, on the engineering side. We are also looking for uh, roles on the designing side, but of course, if there are like very interesting talents in other areas, uh, be it customer success, marketing, and so on, we will be more than happy to talk to the uh, different talents because sometimes hiring doesn't happen immediately. It's the relationship that you build uh, over years. Yeah.
0: Got it. Uh, I'll put the link to your career page in the show notes for people who are interested to learn more. Where can they go to?
1: So they, they can just go to the, uh, www.telanox.com. They can reach out to us through our support channels and we can redirect them to whoever to to apply a job for. But of course, if you want to, you can go to our AngelList page. So we usually use AngelList uh, for hiring. Yeah,
0: Roger that. And I'll also be putting into the show notes the link to sign up for Telenox. So as you have heard from Gordon, uh, the solution has a freemium version and that would allow you to easily kickstart your transformation journey from microsoft excel sheet to something more decent and less error prone <laughs> so i hope that would uh, help stoke your transformation journey and gordon thank you so much for making time today lovely speaking with you yeah
1: thank you so much adrian thanks for this
0: thank you for listening to the podcast you can refer to the show notes for links to more information about our guests and their businesses if you enjoy this podcast you'll be helpful to give a review on itunes or follow me on spotify If you're using Overcast, please hit the star button under the episode. That will help get this podcast and the episodes out to more people who may find it useful. I will see you in the next episode of The Adrian Tan Show.